your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 496 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, it is Sunday as I'm recording this, or no, excuse me, it is Saturday as I'm recording this. The Rangers coming off of Friday night's 3-2 shootout loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. It's always tough to lose in a shootout. I mean, for starters, overall... I, I got to say, I don't think this is a loss that's going to really bother me that much because by the time you get to three-on-three overtime and by the time you get into a shootout, it really is a crapshoot. It really is anybody's game. And I thought overall the Rangers pre- played pretty well in this game against a very, very tough opponent. And, you know, as we've talked about recently on this podcast, Rangers seem to be at least a little bit running on fumes right now. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses, but 10 games in 17 days is a heck of a lot. And of course, the Rangers are just finally wrapping up that stretch. And now they're only going to play once in the next nine days. So try to figure out the NHL scheduling and how all that works. I mean, I understand that, you know, the holiday break is coming up and nobody plays for, you know, a couple of days there. But even still, to go from playing... 10 games in 17 days to just one game in nine games. That is uh, pretty eye-opening right there. But, you know, again, I thought overall the Rangers played pretty well in this game. And you lose a game in a shootout, and it's always a little bit of a gut punch. It just kind of leaves you with an empty feeling. And, you know, it's just the polar opposite of what we saw earlier this season. Because if you guys remember, uh, the Rangers had a shootout against the Devils, and they won that one. And not only did they win, but, you know, they won in seven rounds. And there were two instances in that shootout against the Devils where the Rangers were in a position where, okay, this guy needs to score or else we lose. And uh, Artemi Panarin came through to extend the game. And then later in the shootout, uh, Ryan Strom had to score to extend the game, and he did exactly that. And then finally, Chris Kreider wins it with a a walk-off goal of sorts in the seventh round and, you know, just an exhilarating, exciting win. I mean, that was as excited as I've been after a win pretty much all season. I'm sure a lot of you can probably uh, agree with that. You probably know what I'm talking about. And then this loss, I mean, you know, you lose in a shootout and it's just the exact opposite. Not only is it disappointing, but there's almost like, for me anyway, there's kind of like this disdain toward the shootout itself. It's like, man, that was a great hockey game and, you know, back and forth the whole way two great teams going at it, and then it comes down to, you know, a glorified skills competition. I still like the shootout overall, despite the result. It beats ties for me. I don't need to see the Rangers tie 20 games a season or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I like to have at least some finality. Is that the best way to do it? I don't know, but you can't have in the regular season these games going to overtime and double overtime and triple overtime. I mean, nobody would be left standing by the time that the playoffs come around. So it is what it is. Um, it's, is it the perfect way to determine a winner? No, but I think it probably beats any the alternatives, unless you guys have any ideas. If you have an idea, or some of you might love the shootout and you think that this is how it should be, and I I tend to agree for the most part. I do like the shootout, uh, you know, determining a winner at the end of the game. I don't think we need a whole bunch of ties every single season. Uh, The only thing that really kind of, uh, not really bothers me, but it just kind of extends this narrative that has kind of been in the air recently that, you know, the Rangers, yeah, they're having a good season. They're uh, toward the top of their division. In fact, I got to check the standings. I think the Canes might now be in first, but the Rangers are, they're right there. I mean, they're, they're certainly in the mix for first place, but there's just kind of this emerging narrative that the Rangers 
can't be any of the truly elite teams in the NHL. And to be completely fair here, I mean, they just lost to the Knights, which also kind of begs another question. Are the Knights an elite team? I know they obviously scuffled a little bit out of the starting gate, but I would think that they are. I mean, most people had them, you know, probably in the top five to start the season as far as Stanley Cup contenders is concerned. So I would say that they're probably there. Rangers lost to them. They lost twice to the Colorado Avalanche. Kind of the same deal. Bit of a slow start, but certainly uh, a team that I think a lot of people expect to be very, very good and a team to be in the mix for a championship when it's all said and done. And, you know, they lost to the Flames twice as well, did the Rangers, in decisive fashion both times. And the Flames are off to an outstanding start this season. So, you know, another way to look at that is... Who is, who is the best team that the Rangers have beaten all season? And I do have their schedule in front of me here, so I'm kind of going to do this live as I'm talking about it here. And I'll look through the schedule, but but while I'm looking, something else that I wanted to mention, not too long ago, I made the point, and I, I still stand by this point, and I still think it's very important, just the very simple fact that the Rangers take care of business against the bad teams. And I kind of ran through the gauntlet and talked about all the not-so-good teams that the Rangers have played this year and how they've beaten every single one of them. And I mean, really, the only not-so-good team, borderline bad team, even though they've been playing better recently, that the Rangers have lost to this season is the Vancouver Canucks. And I think that still stands. I mean, you look at the schedule now, even in these uh, recent games here, I know the Rangers made it a lot more interesting against the Coyotes than they should have, but they won that game. They beat the Blackhawks twice. Uh, they beat the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, they beat the Flyers. So they are taking care of business against the not-so-good teams. But as far as uh, the best team in the league that the Rangers have beaten, maybe the Predators. I mean, the Predators are, are pretty solid. That division's really tight right now. I believe the Preds are still in second place there, but they beat them once earlier in the season, so they've split with the Predators overall. I mean, the Bruins, they're kind of a middling team right now, but it's one of those things where I still think they'll probably be there when it's all said and done. Ah, uh, the Maple Leafs. It's probably the Maple Leafs, despite the fact that the Rangers were vastly outplayed when those two teams met each other in Toronto earlier this season. The Rangers came away with a really exciting overtime win. So, I mean, they've beaten some good teams, but, you know, overall their record against the truly elite teams isn't quite where you would want it to be, especially if the Rangers themselves are going to be considered you know, a truly elite team in this league, as opposed to just an improving team or a very good team. Sooner or later, you got to start knocking off those big time opponents at a better clip than they currently have. And they're going to get the chance and not too long from now. Uh, next week, they're, like I said, they only had the one game in nine days. That game's against the Montreal Canadiens. They're, they're not any good. The Rangers are going to have to beat them. They are at home against the Canadiens on the 22nd. Then they're at home against the Detroit Red Wings on the 27th. Detroit's not an elite team either. They're definitely a lot better from where they've been in previous seasons. But to close out 2021, the Rangers have a couple of away games on the 29th. They are at the Panthers on the 31st. They are at the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that's gut check time. And in fact, now that I'm saying that, I do now remember the Rangers indeed beat the Panthers earlier this season. So, you know, like I said, that's a narrative that's out there that the Rangers are scuffling against the elite teams. I think it's a little bit overstated, especially after just kind of going through this schedule with you guys. I mean, we just reeled off what two, three, four, five or so teams that the Rangers have beaten that are, you know, elite teams or borderline elite teams. So the Rangers have held their own against the best teams in the league. But yeah, for sure, it'd be nice to see them uh, start winning some of these games at a, at a little bit higher of a clip. Not to say that they've been awful against the elite teams, but they could stand to get better. That's for sure. And uh, as far as this game against the Knights is concerned, like I said, I mean, I think it was just a total dogfight and it's not a loss that's going to bother me too much. I mean, I guess the other thing that you could point to here is the fact that the Rangers had a lead in the third period. They had a lead with just five minutes and change remaining, and they didn't end up getting the win. So, I mean, if you look at it that way, yeah, it's definitely one you would have liked to have gotten. 
but I don't think it's time to hit the panic button or anything like that. The Rangers, not too long ago, had a stretch where they won 11 out of 12 games, and even with them you know, slowing down a little bit here, and I think the condensed schedule, the heavy workload for the Rangers has quite a bit to do with that, but even in the last six games, after the 11 out of 12 games that they won, in the last six games, the Rangers are now 2-3-1. and one. It's obviously not great. It's five points out of a possible 12, but it's far from a complete disaster. And the last thing that you would want to see after you win 11 out of 12, if you're the Rangers or you're a fan of the Rangers, is for the team to turn around and then go like, I don't know, 2-11 and 11 in their next 13 games. I mean, that's no, that's something the Yankees would do. That's not something that this Ranger team would do. Uh, don't even get me started on that, but we'll... Get into some of the finer details, break down this game in greater detail in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. You friends with Santa will tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars into those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just wanted to thank you guys once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So in our most recent episode, the one before this one, some of you might have caught it, but we actually did a crossover special with Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, and we were talking about, you know, the first line for both of these teams and them matching up against each other, and, you know, the top line that has the better night might end up being the team that ultimately scores the victory in this one, and I mean... It sounded good when we were talking about it, but when you look at how this game unfolded, and I realize the result ends up coming down to a shootout, so at that point, all bets are off, and it doesn't really matter how these top lines played against each other, but the Rangers had a decided advantage in that department because you know, the Knights, they have a, a really dangerous top line that includes Max Pacioretty, Colin Stevenson, and Mark Stone, and none of them really did anything. All three of them were kept off the score sheet. Uh, Georgiev stopped Max Pacioretty on a pair of uh, breakaway opportunities, so he did a great job against him. But, I mean, yeah, if you go one by one here, no points for Pacioretty. He was a minus one. Uh, Four shots on goal, one hit. If you want to go to Stone, again, no points, minus one. Two shots on goal, one hit, two takeaways. And then Stevenson, again, minus one, three shots on goal. So not really a whole lot going on there. And the Rangers' top line, by comparison, continues to, uh, you know, kind of deliver in crunch time because obviously there was no Artemi Panarin in this game. So guys were going to have to step up. And this first line stepped up for the second consecutive game. Another big night for these guys. Uh, Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider had a goal and an assist each. Uh, Capo Caco did not have any points, but all three of these guys were plus ones on the night. Uh, Kreider had five shots on goal, one takeaway. Mika had seven shots on goal, one block shot, two takeaways. And then Caco 
had, let's see, one block shot. So uh, overall, a solid night for the Ranger top line, and they definitely outplayed the top guys on the Vegas Golden Knights. Unfortunately, it did not translate to a victory, but Mika Zibanejad was awesome. I thought he was probably the best player on the ice pretty much for this entire game here. Uh, both goalies played pretty well, but uh, that's always a little bit apples and oranges comparing the skaters to the goalies, and Mika had a hand in both of the Ranger goals. Uh, he scores just 17 seconds into the second period. This goal kind of reminded me of the goal that he scored against the Arizona Coyotes the other night because it was from a similar spot on the ice. Now, it was on the opposite end of the rink because the Rangers were going uh, from right to left in the game against the Coyotes. They were going from left to right in this game last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. But from that same area, right around the left faceoff circle, although this time he was a little bit further away. He was kind of uh, at the top of the left faceoff circle. But in both instances, he basically just let it fly through traffic and kind of Shot out of nowhere, I think kind of caught the goalie by surprise a little bit. Used the defenders as a screen, used those guys against their own goalie, and just scored with a lethal lethal shot. Uh, Keandre Miller and Chris Kreider collect assists on this one. But yeah, Mika Zibanejad just pulling the trigger out of nowhere. And I think catching some of these goalies off guard recently, he's now up to seven goals. So uh, nice to see Mika Zibanejad heating up a little bit, especially in the absence of Artemi Panarin. And then uh, about midway through the second period, the Rangers take the lead on the power play. Power play continues to deliver. Really, I mean, the Ranger special team units in general have been absolutely fantastic recently. And this was another example of that last night. The Rangers go one for two on the power play. The Knights go over one on the power play. And okay, it's three power plays, but still it's a good night for the Ranger power play. And it's a good night for the Ranger penalty kill any way you slice it. And in fact, you look at the stats from this game, the Rangers pretty much dominated in just about everything. Uh, the only stat where the Knights had the advantage was they outshot the Rangers, but it was by a final count of 30 to 29. So that's basically a push. Uh, the Rangers out hit the Knights 23 to 17. They blocked more shots 17 to 8. Uh, they did have more giveaways 8 to 3. But uh, yeah, overall, you know, by the tail of the tape, if you just go by the numbers and you just go by, you know, the Ranger top players delivering, the Knight top players not really delivering, you would have thought that the Rangers probably would have won this game. Uh, as we said, it does come down to a complete crapshoot once you're in that shootout. But uh, yeah, getting back to the goal here, uh, Strom. Across the ice to Mika Zibanejad. This is the second goal that the Rangers scored and the one that gave them a 2-1 to lead on the power play. Strom across the ice to Mika Zibanejad and Mika passes just as quickly in deep for Chris Kreider. And what do you think happened? Chris Kreider on the doorstep on the power play. Yeah, he tips it home. His 18th goal of the season, just an unbelievable season. It was also Mika Zibanejad's 18th assist, Ryan Strom's 15th assist. And this pass by Mika. I mean, the tip in by Kreider is great. The pass by Strom is great. Mika Zibanejad with this pass here. I mean, as soon as the puck... Uh, was on his tape. You know, he sends it across the ice to Chris Kreider in deep. He's passing through a sea of skates and sticks and everything else, and the Knights just had no chance. They had no time to react. Uh, it went through the skates of one guy. It went right past the stick blade of the other guy, if I'm recalling this correctly. Bottom line, there were two Vegas Golden Knights in position to make a play on the puck, and they couldn't do it because that's how fast Mika passed, and that's how fast the puck got to where it needed to go over there to Chris Kreider. Uh, just a, a fantastic pass. Cannot say enough about the job that Mika Zibanejad did in this game last night, and hopefully he's heating up because he's had a good season for the Rangers, but we've yet to see him, I, I think, really play like a truly elite player in this league, like a top 10 or at least a top 15 player, and I really believe he has that in him. I really think he is that good, and uh, hopefully he can kind of just stay at this level, especially when the bread man comes back, because if you've got two truly bonafide superstars, two truly elite players, then everybody else can just kind of follow their lead, and uh, you know, again, Mika and Panarin on, on separate lines, I like that because they can both kind of raise the game of those around them. So uh, 
Definitely looking to see what Mika can do going forward. It feels like he's finally uh, truly hitting his stride here. Again, it, it's been a good season for Mika, but he has taken it to a whole new whole new level, excuse me, in uh, in recent games here. So very, very excited to see that. And we'll go ahead and continue breaking down all the details from this 3-2 Ranger loss in just a second. We will also, I definitely want to talk a little bit about the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Uh, you know, it was their big night last night, and, you know, there were some kids from the Garden of Dreams Foundation that got to do some pretty cool things during the game. And I also want to talk about the elephant in the room, and some of you probably already know what that is, but I'll explain in just a second. But first, just want to let you guys know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so just a second ago, I was kind of talking about how the Rangers did a nice job against the Vegas top line and how the Ranger top line outplayed the Knights top line. Uh, but to kind of just take it a step further and just kind of really illustrate my point as far as uh, how the Rangers did against the top players on the Knights, yeah, nobody in the Vegas top nine got on the score sheet last night. Not a single one. So, I mean, if you would have told me that coming into this game, I would have thought the Rangers would have won in a laugher, unfortunately, not meant to be. But I mentioned the elephant in the room just a second ago, and there was a forward on the Vegas Golden Knights who did get on the score sheet twice, in fact. And that, of course, was Brett Howden. He ends up with a goal in the first period, uh, kind of a stuffing goal. He, he cleaned up his own rebound. And then in the third period, the Knights tie the game, which is 5-16 remaining, and he gets a secondary assist due to winning a faceoff in the offensive zone. So, yeah, I don't even really know what to say about it. I mean, Brett Howden, look, it didn't work out with the Rangers. I certainly don't wish any ill will on the guy. In fact, He's playing for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's not like we have to see him all that often. It's not like he's on a Ranger division rival, and we're going to be seeing him in the first round of the playoffs or anything like that. So, look, all the best to Brett Howden. Like I said, maybe a change of scenery can uh, can do well for him. And as we saw last night, he did get on the score sheet twice. That was his third goal of the season and his fifth assist. He's been a healthy scratch. I believe they said four times for the Knights this season. Um, but... I can't say that I'm completely surprised. It's just one of those things that, you know, so many Ranger fans were like, ah, oh, can't we just move on from Howden? And, you know, I, I was at times critical of his his game as well. And as he's coming back into Madison Square Garden, I'm thinking, he's going to score, isn't he? He's, he's definitely going to do something. He just had that feeling. I mean, I have expected the Knights to throw him out there in the shootout just because, you know, the way things were going for him uh, in the game overall. But uh, we'll get to the shootout in just a second, but I don't want to go a second further without talking about the Garden of Dreams Foundation and the work that they do. Obviously... You know, they just do tremendous work, making such a positive impact in the life of so many kids. Uh, Sam Rosen mentioned this. Uh, I think it was like the second period. But regardless, he mentioned that the Garden of Dreams has now helped more than 400,000 kids since its existence. And that's just amazing to think about. I mean, just try picturing 400,000 kids and, and just... You know, that many pe that many of them have had a, a positive impact made on them by the Garden of Dreams. And, you know, there were just really cool things happening all throughout the night here, all throughout the game, before, during, and after the game. Uh, you had a 12-year-old, I believe his name was Franco Maneca. I, ho I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But, I mean, this poor kid, you know, he's had three surgeries, four rounds of chemo at the age of 12. 
Uh, he's in remission and uh, back to playing hockey himself. And he got to drop the first puck of the game for Mark Stone and Chris Kreider. They were both out there to take it. Uh, they also, before the game started, they had two siblings from the Garden of Dreams Foundation performing the national anthem. Uh, one was singing and the other was playing the song on the keyboard. So that was really cool as well. And um, then they had uh, Mr. Terry Fontania. Uh, again, I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly, but I only heard it once. And, uh, you know, I only saw the name on the, on the screen then. But he earlier in his life, had been helped by the Garden of Dreams Foundation while he himself was growing up, and uh, he's now the coordinator at Garden of Dreams. So just an example of everything coming full circle. But just cannot say enough about the work that they do, just a, a fantastic charitable organization. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to, to more nights like this. I, I think I do believe most seasons with the Rangers, there's more than one Garden of Dreams night. So I hope that there are more of them, and uh, just definitely looking forward to seeing that. And if anybody from the Garden of Dreams Foundation happens to be listening to this podcast— Keep up the awesome work because it's just fantastic to see stuff like that. Uh, but turning our attention back to hockey, you know, I just mentioned Brett Howden. We might as well go to sort of the big finish here. I mean, I definitely want to talk about the three-on-three overtime period and certainly the shootout as well. So the Rangers, again, they don't have the best record for uh, a team with as much skill as the Rangers possess, as you would expect for a team, you know, to have that goes into overtime. The Rangers... This season, now 1-3 and three in the uh, five-minute overtime period, and they are now just 1-1 one and one in the shootout. But whether it's 3-on-3 three three overtime or whether it's a shootout, I always feel like the Rangers should have the advantage. When you can, and I realize Panarin didn't play in this game, but when you can roll out guys like Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad and Adam Fox, guys who can really take advantage, Kreider, guys who can really take advantage of all that extra real estate out there, you would think the Rangers would kill it in overtime, and yet they're 1-3 and three in the 3 versus 3. And that's on top of having a phenomenal goal in Igor Shesterkin. And again, I realize he didn't play in the game last night either, but he's going to be out there more often than not. And then, I mean, I, again, it's only two shootouts, but they're now 1-1 one one in the shootout. And again, you can roll uh, really skilled guys who are have a lot of success on the shootout. I mean, Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad, they have ridiculous success rates in the shootout in their career. Uh, and then, you know, again, Igor Shesterkin playing between the pipes. So I, I just feel like the Rangers should kill it in that situation. And yet, when you combine uh, three-on-three overtime with the shootout, the Rangers just two and four so far this season. Kind of a small sample size, but even still, you'd expect the Rangers to have, uh, you know, won more of those games than they have. But yeah, I mean, you have just a crazy overtime period. I don't think this was quite on the level as the three-on-three overtime game that the Rangers had against the Toronto Maple Leafs earlier this season, but it was still pretty wild up and down the ice. A couple of different chances for both teams. Uh, you had a breakaway for Max Pacioretty where Georgiev made the save. In fact, Georgiev made two saves on breakaways in this overtime period, and we know how the breakaway can kind of be his Achilles heel. He's definitely been better against that in recent times here, and of course, he ended up stopping two of the three shooters in the shootout as well, but this was crazy. I mean, the overtime period, it was five minutes of overtime, and it was five minutes in real time because there was not a single whistle during this entire overtime period, and there was one instance that I kind of wanted to call attention to. I mean, it's so hard to take notes during overtime because for starters, I mean, I'm on pins and needles just like the rest of you guys watching this and wanting the Rangers to, uh, you know, win the game. But I mean, the action is just up and down the ice so fast, faster than you could blink. Uh, but I did want to call some attention to uh, this one opportunity here and my notes are a complete mess, but uh, there was a situation where Kako tried to make a cross-ice pass to Adam Fox, and Fox is going to have a good opportunity. They just misfired there. Uh, right after that is when Pacioretty had the breakaway, and I believe he actually shot wide on this one. So uh, Georgiev did make a save on a breakaway earlier, but on this particular instance for Max Pacioretty, he happened to put the puck wide. And then 
you had a situation where Strom tried to pass to Truba. The pass was blocked. The Rangers somehow got it back. And then uh, they worked the puck over to Ryan Strom. And I thought this was game over because the puck was in the center of the ice. They moved it to Strom. I mean, Strom's there. He's waiting for, for the pass. He's going to just rip it home. And he tried to. But I guess uh, the goalie somehow kept it out. And again, this is all happening a mile a minute. Just could not quite get the puck in the net there. And that was when Pacioretty... Okay, so I'm looking at my notes. And again, it's complete chaos. And these notes are a little bit of a mess. But that's when Pacioretty got another breakaway. And that's when Georgiev made the two saves uh, on Pacioretty in that sequence there. So, yeah, just just crazy stuff all around. Uh, Gautier had a little bit of a chance later in the overtime period. And that's also a sign in and of itself that he's beginning to get a little bit more trusted by the Ranger coaching staff. Just the fact that he's out there at all in the overtime period. But he went up the left side, took a shot. It was saved. Uh, Philip Hedo made a couple of nice plays. He stole the puck from Mark Stone, uh, went in, not on a clean breakaway. There was a defenseman kind of closing on him, but Hedo had a chance up the left side and Brassois made a stick save. Uh, again, just, just complete chaos. I, I could sit here. We could do the whole 30 minutes about the overtime period, but uh, that kind of gives you the idea. If you saw the game, you know what I was talking about. And if you missed the game, you get the cliff notes. You get at least the, the biggest highlights of the overtime period. Uh, then, of course, we go into the shootout. And, uh, you know, Nicholas Waugh starts the shootout for the Vegas Golden Knights. Not really the name you would expect, uh, given how much talent they have on this on this uh, team here. But Giorgia makes a sprawling save going to his right. Uh, Capo Caco goes in slow. Caco's look good. The little we've seen him on shootouts, he's looked good. Uh, picked up some speed, did not shoot. Uh, or did not score, excuse me, on this one, went a little bit wide with his shot. Evgeny Dadanov, he goes in slow. Georgiev stays very patient. Dadanov tried to open him up, couldn't do it, and Georgiev makes the save. And then you get Mika going in, and you always feel good about Mika's chances, but Bressois with a really nice glove save. And then Jonathan Marcheseau uh, is the lone shooter to score in the shootout. He goes up the left side wide, uh, just snaps off a really wicked shot and scored. And then uh, it's up to Ryan Strom to keep it alive. And this is where nothing against Strom. I mean, he's I think he's as good a choice as anybody else, given what the Rangers had to go with in this game. But this is where you really miss Panarin because he you got to figure he'd be shooting here. Uh, but Strom goes in up the right side, tried to go five hole, just couldn't open up the goalie. And the pad save is made and the Rangers lose and I don't want to say heartbreaking fashion because they do get a point out of this and it's a situation where they went toe-to-toe with a team that was probably a pretty popular Stanley Cup pick at the start of the season. You know, I mean, the, the Knights have been knocking on the door ever really since they came into the league here. And, uh, you know, the Rangers, like I said, it was a dogfight, came up a little bit short, and they're at the end of, you know, a really grueling stretch of their schedule here. And now, as we were talking about before, they will play just once in the next nine days. That one game happens on Wednesday against the Montreal Canadiens, assuming the NHL uh, has not been shut down by then. There's some talk of, you know, the NHL may be pausing due to the uh, amount of players in the COVID protocol right now. The NHL might look to pause going into the Christmas break and then kind of restart things after that. You got to believe the Olympics are certainly up in the air. I mean, given the fact that You've got people traveling from all over the world to be there. I mean, it's just a mess, and it sucks. And, you know, every time you think that we're kind of starting to turn the corner a little bit and COVID might become a thing of the past, there's things like this to remind you. And, of course, the NHL, not the only league. I mean, the the NBA and the NFL are both dealing with it as well. It's it's really unfortunate. It's unfortunate that COVID is still a thing and that it ever happened in the first place. That's first and foremost. But now, I mean, you know, we're getting toward 2022 here, and COVID is still a thing, and it's still, uh, you know, tripping up the uh, the NHL schedule and, I don't know what the right answer is. We'll, we'll see what happens. But assuming the Rangers do play that game against the Canadians, uh, I wouldn't call it a must win, but that's a game that the Rangers have to have. I mean, you've at that point, you're going to be well-rested. It'll be five days since the last time that the Rangers played. They are at home, so there's that. 
and they are playing the Montreal Canadiens, who, quite frankly, have been absolutely terrible this season. That's got to be two points for the New York Rangers, and it you really want to get that win because then it's another little bit of a break until the Rangers play after that. They won't play until the following Monday, so it's going to be another five-day break, and uh, it'd be really nice to get that win and just kind of lean back on that for the next few days. If the Rangers come out and they lay an egg against the Canadians, that would be a little bit concerning, but we'll see how they do. This is a team that as we've discussed in the past, has typically answered the bell this season. When they're coming off of a tough loss, they tend to go back out there uh, in the next one and find a way to get the job done. And I think the fact that they're going to be rested, uh, hopefully Panarin's back, maybe Igor Shesterkin is back for that one as well. Uh, that definitely bodes well to the Rangers' chances of picking up two points against uh, a subpar team, to put it mildly. But uh, just a couple other quick notes here. That was Alex Georgiev's 100th career NHL game. Of course, unfortunately, he does not end up getting the win because anything can happen in a shootout. It was Greg McKeague's 200th career NHL game. He had Gerard Gallant going up against his old team and his old nemesis and Peter DeBoer. One thing that I have to just kind of openly wonder here, because we saw Philip Heedle as a healthy scratch in the game against the Arizona Coyotes. And was that going to be just a one-night thing? Was that just a way to send a message to maybe not just Phil Heedle, but the entire Ranger team as well? Uh, we don't really know for sure because, of course, our Artemi Panarin had to come out of that game with an injury, and he was not available for this one. So the natural solution there is you throw Philip Heedle back into the lineup in place of Artemi Panarin, which is what the Rangers did. But I do have to just kind of wonder out loud here, and I don't know the answer to this. Would Philip Heedle have continued to be a healthy scratch if Artemi Panarin was good to go for this game. I get the feeling he would not. I get the feeling Greg McKaig probably would have come back out of the lineup and Filipino would have been back out there in his third line role. Uh, we don't know that for sure, but I definitely get the feeling now that there's going to be a little bit of a break. Filipino's going to be back out there against the Montreal Canadiens, even if Artemi Panarin is good to go. Uh, we'll see. I mean, you never know for sure. I've been surprised by the Rangers in the past. I'm sure all of you have as well, but uh, my my assumption would be that Philip Heedle is, is back in the starting lineup going forward, and he won't come back out as a healthy scratch unless he has, you know, a rough couple of games or whatever it might be. Um, as far as anything else, uh, there was a play made by Alexi Lafreniere. I know people want more offense out of him and, you know, a little bit of a quiet night for him and uh, that line in general. He was up with Ryan Strom, and then they eventually put Philip Heedle up there on the right wing with the second line. They started with Dryden Hunt on the right wing on the second line, so it was Lafreniere, Strom, and Hun, and then eventually, uh, not too long after the start of the game, they kind of flip-flopped Heedle. Heedle was on the third line on the left wing. He moves up to the second line on the right wing, so him and Dryden Hunt just kind of traded places there, but Alexi Lafreniere made a heck of a play here to potentially prevent a goal, and it would have really, frankly, sucked if the Knights had scored here because they clearly got away, which is a clear-as-day tripping penalty against Adam Fox, and they got a breakaway as a direct result of that. They trip Adam Fox at the Vegas blue line, and, you know, Fox is laying on the ice, and he's, he's trying to reach out with his stick and, you know, poke the puck out of harm's way, but he was so clearly tripped here, and it leads to basically a breakaway for the Knights, but Lafreniere comes just flying back on defense, uh, completely lays out, head-first dive, reaches out with his stick, and just knocks the puck away from his guy over to the boards. Uh, the crowd loved that. They were booing initially because they wanted the penalty called against the Knights, but they loved that hustle play by Lafreniere, and uh, again, you know, we do want more out of Lafreniere offensively, I'm sure, but he made a heck of a play there, and uh, it would have just been awful for the Knights to not only get away with an obvious penalty, but then score as a direct result of, you know, getting away with the obvious penalty. So good good play by Lafreniere there, and, you know, again, I, I think that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Uh, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. 
And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.